I mean, what was your favorite performance from tonight's game in which I didn't give the Wild a chance? Hardly anybody did. Shorthanded, they beat the Boston Bruins 4-3 to three in overtime. Folks, Kirill Kaprizov with a couple of goals. Is he back? Let's talk about it on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked On Wild Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? The Minnesota Wilds pick up a 4-3 to overtime win over the Boston Bruins here tonight to finish the back-to-back with precisely two points, which is exactly what we had hoped that they would be able to do in probably the game of the year so far. Um, This was just a heavyweight bout between the Minnesota Wild and the Boston Bruins. And before we even fully dive into this game, we had a correct call in last night's Lockdown Wild postcast. And so I need to give full credit to Quadrum who yesterday called Kirill Kaprizov scoring. <laughs> and he scored twice. He nailed it. He said that not only was Kaprizov going to build off of what he did in yesterday's game, but that he was going to score. And so props there to Quadrum for nailing that call on Kirill Kaprizov in uh, last night's postcast. But, I want to give myself a pat on the back as well, because if anybody watched the uh, Lockdown Wild pregame show for today, we went with a different format specifically for this game of going with players that needed to step up. And who did we mention? Who did we list as the players that needed to step up in this game in order to give the Wild a chance? Marcus Johansson, who scored. Ryan Hartman being the other portion of that second line um, for for Marco Rossi as a, as a winger for that second line. Ryan Hartman scored. Kirill Kaprizov scored twice. And Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his bleeping head. And it all leads to the Minnesota Wilds coming away with the win here in this one tonight. Folks, it's simple for... It's simple for how why this this happened is that the Wilds realized that in order to pick up a win in this one, they were going to have to step up and take it. They were going to have to go get it themselves. It wasn't going to be given to them. They needed to take the opportunity and without Matt Zuccarello, without Jared Spurgeon, without Jonas Brodeen, They just went and they won the thing. And there just are so many performances from this game that were outrageously fun. I was captivated watching Marc-Andre Fleury just do his thing the entire night because he was outrageously good. I said chaotically good on Twitter, and I meant that in a good way because I think when Marc-Andre Fleury's at his best, 
is what we saw him doing tonight, where he's sprawling out, making saves. He is being athletic, being acrobatic. It's nerve-wracking for us to watch, but good Lord, that is when he's at his best. And Marc-Andre Fleury, no mistake about it. Marc-Andre Fleury was at his best tonight. And the Wild needed every bit of it because for a while, it was it was difficult to get things past Linus Olmark because guess what? He said, okay, Fleury, you want a little goalie battle here? Game on. And those two just dueled down the stretch. The third period and overtime is some of the best hockey you'll ever see. And the fact that Kirill Kaprizov rose to this one and said, you know what? I'm tired of hearing all the talk about me not being on my game. I'm tired of all the talk of people wondering when I'm going to score again. And so I'm going to go get two goals, including the game winner. And guess what, folks? He got to the net. He got to the dirty areas. We reference Brett Marshall tweets on almost a daily basis. He got to the dirty areas right in front of the net. And it's no coincidence that by doing that consistently, the goals came. And that was how the Wild scored every one of their goals, is getting right up to in front of the net and being able to just rifle one past oh, I'm it is going to be hard for me to lay down and go to sleep after this type of a game because the vibe if you'll all recall the vibe heading into this game could not have been more diseased than it was we get the news today that Matt Zuccarello is going to be out week to week and it's oh boy that's that is one loss that you really can't afford in addition to Spurgeon and Brodeen. And they fell behind early. The Bruins did a good job of getting that goal to kind of suck the life out of the arena to make it two to one with literally no time left on the clock. But the Wild just kept battling. They they kept it close. They were able to keep it to within a goal. And then they go and they get the Kaprizov goal and they get the Hartman goal. And we're like, what is going on here? Uh, what What is happening? And then despite the best efforts, despite the best efforts of a particular player at the end of the game, and I, I saw that there were some, there was some discussion as to whether or not it was a legitimate penalty, but Anybody that listens to this show knows that I don't like to go down that road ever. Um, that was, despite the best efforts and despite Boston tying it up with a few seconds left in the game, despite all that, then the Wild just come out firing in overtime and it, it had the feel of a team that just was not going to take no for an answer. And you know, I'm seeing comments about people talking about Pat Maroon being physical in this one and the wild just not accepting some of the things that Boston was trying to do to frustrate them. Um, 
this is a full it was a full team effort in this game tonight. It was one of those you you go to a team like this, you go to their arena and you kind of expect that they're going to be able to dictate how things are going to go. Welcome, welcome to our arena. This is what's going to happen and you're just going to have to be okay with that. And the Wild were like, "No. That's that's not how this is going to work." And so what what this does what this does for the rest of the season remains to be seen. But what it tells you is is that it's there. It's there for the Minnesota Wilds the opportunities to compete against the teams that are are up near the top of the standings. Boston hadn't played since Saturday. Boston was well rested. The Wild just played last night. You got players dropping like flies. This should have been a game that Boston was able to just handle their business. And Marc-Andre Fleury, Kirill Kaprizov, amongst several other players, would not be denied. And this is this is one that gets your juices flowing. As as you can tell, um, I'm jittery just sitting here. And so um, we have a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to here as we continue, uh, including um, since I am on vacation the next two days, little uh, little victory selly, victory selly beverage, I think, for me to uh, to take in what was just an unbelievable game for the Minnesota Wild here. And so we got a lot coming up. We'll recap some of the best performances here from tonight. Uh, we're going to hang out because I got nothing going on in the morning. And so we're just going to hang out. And we're going to talk this one out because this is arguably the best game of the year for the Minnesota Wild. And so we'll break down everything that we need to as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild. Today's Locked on Wild postcast even. Coming up, more is coming up after this. Today's Lockdown Wild postcast is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of Locked On. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. I hope you took the Minnesota Wild to play spoiler here in this one, and maybe even Kirill Kaprizov as an anytime goal scorer. Because if you did, not only did you get 150 bucks in bonus bets, you also cashed in on some of those elite prop bets that you can get from FanDuel, whether it be spreads, player props, over-unders, or more. All available at FanDuel. So head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's Lockdown Wild postcast is also brought to you by Game Time. The holiday season is here. And if you are trying to send a family member to a concert, to their favorite sporting event, or to a comedy show after a nice dinner, Game Time is here to help make the ticket buying experience as stress free as possible. Because let's let's take a look at some of these situations that can happen when you're buying tickets. They're either too expensive, 
because you waited till the day of or your view is obstructed. You go to the venue and you can't see the stage. Nobody wants to deal with that. So Game Time can help you by offering the lowest prices on tickets up to the day of the event and also views from every seat in the arena. So take the stress out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Lowest uh, last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Final score tonight. The Minnesota Wild pick up a 4-3 to win in overtime as the Minnesota Wilds get their one win on the road in the little two-game mini road trip. It just wasn't the one we expected it to be. But it was indeed one of the games of the year. And so to you all joining us here tonight, I say cheers. Victory Selly after an outrageously fun game. Just fun hockey, back and forth, big chances, big saves by the goalies. And the guy that we've been waiting for for a long time to have that I'm here game had his I'm here game. Kirill Kaprizov with both goals. And as Michael Russo noted at the end of the action, Kaprizov had six shots in the third period and overtime here tonight. And he got to the front of the net. He got to the dirty areas, as we've heard. And it's no coincidence that he picks up two goals here in this one tonight. And now he has five even strength goals on the season after having three for the last ever. So let's get to the comments, and I'm just going to sit back, and we are going to just have a lot of fun in this one. Again, let's give a shout-out to the guy who uh, called it last night. I still – this is one of the, like – this is one of the most unreal calls in that we've had in the show over the last couple of years. Quadrum called it last night. He said Kirill was going to score. And he said that he was uh, was going to put his best game together after what he did last night, and he did. He he had just an unreal performance here tonight. He had shots throughout the game. He was zipping around. He looked as close to what he has been pre-injury. He looked as close to what he has been before the injury as he has at any point this season. And so, I think the fact that We continue to just say he just needs to find a way to either play through it or get comfortable enough to be able to do similar things while dealing with it. And he's probably still dealing with it, but he now has finally gotten to a point where he knows what he needs to do to still be productive. And that all came in the last couple of games. He had a good performance against the Penguins last night. And now he followed that up with a tremendous performance against the Boston Bruins here uh, in this one. So that was one of the huge parts of the game. But uh, as Jeremy notes, let's also give some thanks for Marc-Andre Fleury, who had just he had the otherworldly performance. And I know there's been a lot of attention 
to what happened over the last couple of days with not getting the start in Pittsburgh, getting the start uh, against the Boston Bruins here tonight instead. 40 out of 43. He made eight saves with the Bruins on the power play. He just was he was outrageously good in this one tonight. And the Wild needed every single save, especially early on, to come away with the uh, the win here in this one tonight. So outrageous performance for Flurry in a good way. Kaprizov as well. Let's not overlook the likes of Let's give Brock Faber another shout out. 30 minutes, 19 seconds. He had an assist. He was a plus two on the night. He had a block. He played three minutes, 32 seconds on the penalty kill. He got power play time. The Wild only had one power play in this game. Um, I believe, actually, I think they might have had more than that. No, they did just have the one. And hey, the Wild scored a power play goal in this game tonight it's it's like Christmas. It's like early Christmas. The Wilds got a power play goal. They got two Kirill Kaprizov goals. And um, it, it was just, it was outstanding. Tyler joining us. Update on Vinny. He's fine. Should play on Thursday. I saw some of the comments after the game, and he said he was okay uh, leaving the locker room um, because I thought Letary was great at points tonight. Um, he had that huge block uh, that led to him having to leave the game. And so uh, I am glad to see that he is okay because, again, as we've seen at points throughout this season, anytime he gets an opportunity to step in, he looks the part. And so if the Wilds can keep him in the lineup, that's going to really help um, weather this loss of Matt Zuccarello for as long as he is um is as long as he's in the lineup so uh, it was a great game for Letary. he continues to do really good things with this team he feels like just a perfect fit on that fourth line and so as long as he continues to get that spot i think you can expect you're going to get quality minutes from him um as the uh, the games go bob joining us no nicknames to throw out tonight I'll give JoJo back his M so that he's not just Carcass Johansson. Uh, and we talked about it in the um, in the pregame that Johansson was going to have to be one of the players that stepped up to fill the loss of Matt Zuccarello. And Johansson talked about it when talking with Kevin Gorg after he scored his uh, first goal. He said, it was great to get that monkey off his back, but he he needs to do more of it. And so we we point stuff out like that in these shows and on Twitter and on social media. Players know it too. And so I, I think we just have seen a couple of players in Kaprizov and Johansson specifically who just were kind of feeling the pressure of not being able to score for several games. It has been since December 5th since Kaprizov scored. And it was, I think, 15 games that Johansson was unable to get one in the back of the net. And so now he does. And now the key is to build off of it and to um, to continue it forward into Thursday's game against the Montreal Canadiens. Quadrum is as goaded as Jay Foster from Locked on Blue Jackets calling the Columbus-Toronto game ending 6-5 in overtime. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, that sounds unhinged. I and I I love Jay to be able to call something like that. I I hope I never have one of those moments from a, a bad perspective because I, I would not want to be that correct um, for the uh, for the the final outcome. I sing too much. Flowers best game in a wild sweater. You know it's it's up there for sure. I would have to really go back and look um, to see some of his better games, but this this definitely is up in the top of the list. And so maybe we'll do that. I'm trying to do some, um, I'm trying to do some rankings episodes because I'm going to be taking some uh, some days off between Christmas and New Year's. In that, I'm trying to work ahead a little bit so that we still have content for those days. And I'm thinking about doing some rankings episodes. So maybe it maybe a flurry games, best flurry games in a wild sweater. Maybe that makes the list. We'll uh, we'll see. But it's as far as as far as recency bias goes, it, it's definitely up there because uh, he was just sensational here tonight. Zeke joining us. Flower and Carell said hop on boys and they guided them all the way to a win which this team I think needed after the uh, after the news that came out earlier um, earlier today about Zuccarello. Bob once again, Brock Faber needs to take the number seven off. Why? Because he should it should be a big S and he should have a cape. Does he dress in a phone booth? Honestly, super Faber. Let's get that going. Super Faber. Another 30 minute effort. Another just amazing defensive performance for Faber. And again, the trio in this one. Faber with 30 minutes, 19 seconds. Middleton with 26 minutes, 43 seconds. By the way, at what point do we go to, let's get Jake Middleton as the second power play quarterback? Because he is starting to let it rip quite frequently as a defenseman. And I don't think that's any coincidence. That is why he has a career high five goals already. He's starting to really let it fly from an offensive perspective. And so if he continues to do that, maybe you give him a shot. But I think the fact that Faber continues to be the guy for power play one, let him get comfortable in that spot. Let him grow. Let him learn from, okay, this didn't work this game. So now we're going to try this. Let him learn from the ebbs and flows. Um, And the only way that he's going to do that is by continuing to get that spot and uh, continuing to get opportunities to just try things. So Faber, QB1, Middleton, QB2. We'll see. Kaprizov just getting hot before the Canadians game at home. Um, Yeah. Spoiler alert, Kirill Kaprizov loves playing the Montreal Canadiens. So that might be, that could get dicey for Montreal because guess what? Montreal's not great. Still, still. And they were horrible in that game against the Wild and the Wild didn't play all that well. And Montreal still got beat five to two and just gave up a ton of special teams goals. It's, it could get dicey for them come Thursday. Pasternak is just outrageously good. Could you imagine a Kaprizov-Boldy-Pasta line? 
I can, and it's disgusting. Um, I, I don't need to go any more into that because that's what is the what do the kids say? NSFW. That combination would be outrageous. Bob giving some kudos to Pat Maroon for handing out the retribution. He mopped up the ice with whoever he ended up fighting. Um, I I want to give Brock Faber some credit too because at one point. Marchand took Vinny Letary and he tried to face wash him into the ice and Faber came in and, or no, it was Middleton. He, he face washed Middleton face first into the ice and Faber came in and got him off of Middleton and separated the two. And then Marchand tried to go after him a little bit. Um, Brock Faber doesn't care <laughs> even at as young as he is. He does not care uh, about who he goes up against. He's not afraid to mix it up with anybody. And that, again, is another that's another characteristic of leadership that you love to see. And Brock Faber just has every single every single key leadership component that you would want, um, including standing up for his guys when rats do rat things, which there was a lot of that going on. Uh, in the the game tonight ron joining us this might have been flurry's best performance in a wild jersey against a great c- opponent yeah this i i know there's been talk about this in the comments that the wild have been beating a lot of teams that they were better than in the standings which is what you hope they would do but they just haven't had a ton of wins yet against those teams that they're trying to catch or those teams that are so solidly in the uh, the postseason picture because you look at it, you've, you've lost to Toronto a couple of times. You lost to the Los Angeles Kings early on. You lost to Colorado, uh, Dallas, New York Rangers. And, and so, yes, I know they do have the shootout win against the Rangers too, but the point being is that you haven't had a ton of these wins yet against the teams that are in the playoff picture. And this is definitely one of them. Now this win goes into that category and you bank it and it can never be taken away because again, the wild were playing on the second night of a back to back Boston was fully rested and the wild came out on top and yes, credit to Boston for battling to be able to take a point. But the fact that the wild got two is huge the fact that they had the lead until the final like two minutes of the game, and then all of a sudden they had to try to defend a six on four, the fact that they had the lead until late is just a, a key to them continuing to battle and uh, and pick up some points that they desperately needed here tonight. Keith joining us. All the other teams in the wild card race lost tonight. Yeah, let's do a quick uh, let's do a quick scoreboard check. Um. As of right now, you have the St. Louis Blues who got beaten by the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of six to one. Vancouver beat the Nashville Predators by a score of five to two. And the other games that are currently in progress, the Ottawa Senators getting the we just fired our coach bump as they lead the Arizona Coyotes three to one after two periods. And Chicago and Colorado, I'm not going to say the score because I don't want to jinx it. But then again, it's Colorado and it's Chicago. That one we're not as worried about. We're worried about the teams that are directly in front 
of the Minnesota Wild. And for the first time in forever, it seems like everything kind of finally lined up that the Wild were actually able to gain ground on them. So that that just that just is icing on the cake, cherry on top here uh, for this one tonight. Quadrum, how can Hines advocate fast play and yet play Alex Goligoski over a much younger Mermis? This is, I think, the one. This is the one spot I think that we all kind of are in agreement about. Is that yeah, it's been great. The things that we've seen from this team, um, the the players that are getting opportunities down the stretch that are different than guys that we saw under Dean. It just seems like that back end D pairing just continues to be kind of the the soft underbelly for this team. Uh, Goligoski and Bogosian, they ended up uh, ended up being a minus one each. They were on the the ice for one of the goals, um, and the the penalty, the penalty at the end of the game, in which Boston scored on. I I saw people suggesting on Twitter that it was a stick lift. My point is that you just you can't put yourself in the situation to be called for something like that at that critical of a moment. And this is something that um, something that we continue to see from this team. And it was Alex Goligoski. He had the puck bounce off of his stick against Pittsburgh, and that led to the early goal off a turnover. And so I we we see it. The question is just why does it continue to happen? And so um, I don't know. I don't have the answers because I've been advocating for it for a long time that it needs to be Mermis time. We are – no, I'm not even going to try to make a rhyme there because it, it would not have uh, – it wouldn't have gone well. Uh, Amanda joining us. Looks like Boston didn't really get under our skin too deeply. It was a pretty well-rounded game, and Flurry was able to hold his own well. He was able to hold more than his own in this game. And, yeah, that was, I think, the critical component is that this Boston team tries to get opponents to get frustrated, and that's when they pounce on you with their power play. We saw it at the end of the game. That's where they get you is they, they, um, they pounce with their power play and then they ride their goaltending and defense to wins. And the Wilds, they, I, I think the, the key here is that the Wilds took care of the nonsense in that moment. Like when Maroon fought, when Dewar fought, they handled the business in that moment as opposed to maybe waiting because then, you know, with Maroon, like he, he ended up having to, uh, to go to the room for a bit, but then you give yourself the opportunity to kind of get that out of the way and then focus on the hockey at the end of the game to where you're not having to try to slobber knocker your opponent. And so I think that's a credit too to how the wild decided let's take care of the nonsense at this moment, as opposed to letting it fester throughout the rest of the game. Uh, continuing to look at uh, some of the other comments here, I do want to mention for those that missed it, 
in our uh, pregame preview today. Locked on Wild has been nominated for the best hockey podcast in the sports podcast awards. Uh, we are one of the finalists. Our good friends at the Bar Down Beauties, uh, Jesse and Kirsten, are a finalist as well. And so head to Locked on Wild on any social media platform that you follow them um, and just just look for the link to vote. If you have not voted already, just throw Locked on Wild a vote. Um, I, I don't know what ends up happening if we win, but to be nominated as one of the uh, best hockey podcasts for this award feels really good. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it's gratifying for all the work that gets put in. And so it would be really cool to win it. But again, I, I don't know what happens if we do. So just, uh, just find the, uh, the voting link. I will uh, put it in to the, uh, I'll put it into the next couple of videos. Um, and so for tomorrow's episode, just look for the link in the uh, in the description of where you can go vote. Um, because, again, it would, uh, I think, just be it'd be fun to uh, to come away with a win there um, in that. Uh, let's look at some of the other comments here. Denny teasing some news regarding the uh, Super Show that we've been working on. And so uh, I, I look forward to hearing that Tracy wondering um, if it w- seemed that flurry was a little somber in his post game interview, as if it was his last regular season game in Boston. It could have been that it could have been the fact that he was just exhausted uh, after that type of a game. Um, it, it could have been a number of things, but yeah, he. I think maybe with the fact that all the Pittsburgh stuff happened yesterday, that that kind of went into his head um, at the end of this game. That could certainly have been a possibility um, for for why that was. Swerve Faber won't get a look for Calder because the new money meet is bedard. Uh, well. I I don't think you're wrong there, but I think the Wild have a couple of players making some huge noise uh, in regards to the Calder Trophy that um, I would hope would lead to at least one of Rossi and Faber being a finalist. Rossi is is trailing by only a few in terms of rookie points. Faber is right up there as well. And so I would hope that their continued good play will lead to them being able to uh, get in as finalists. And um, maybe somebody steals it. Zeke wondering about Spurgeon's status. It sounds like Spurgeon was skating back here in Minnesota. He didn't make the trip as we had uh, predicted that he would. Um, But I would imagine that he's got to be getting close, especially the fact that he hasn't been put on long-term injured reserve yet. So I would imagine it's got to be soon. And maybe at that point, then we get one of the, uh, one of the guys that we have wanted to see out of the lineup finally out but um yeah i i would imagine it soon but i'll try to do a little digging there and see if we can get a more concrete 
timetable as to when he is back. B Lake, when will Lambos be ready? I would imagine Lambos will be given an opportunity out of training camp next year because you've got Alex Goligoski coming off the books. And so you open up a spot there. Now, maybe that spot ends up being for Damon Hunt this year. But I would imagine because he looked pretty good in camp um, before the season. This is one thing, though, that this wild team does and has done well. They've learned from the Marco Rossi situation last year. Um, They don't rush prospects. Matt Boldy showed that he was ready to rock and he hopped up into the NHL lineup and he hasn't he hasn't looked back since. Rossi last year, whether it be lack of of good usage or just some of the things that he was doing himself, he ended up going down to Iowa working on key things and he has been one of the best players, one of the most surprised players on this team so far this season because they didn't rush him back up after that. And Jesper Volstead continues to cook down in uh, in Iowa. And there is no indication that he is going to be brought up here at any point soon. Because, again, just give him the seasoning down in Iowa before he is uh, relied upon to do a ton up here at the NHL level. And the goaltending situation, for the most part, since early in the season, has righted itself. So there isn't that call yet for Volstead to uh, to hop up here and try to save things. That's the thing you worry about with these prospects is that them coming up, you're going to depend on them to save you. And there really aren't a ton of rookies that can actually do that for a team. They can come in and play well. But a lot of times you just want your rookies to come in and to play critical roles, to play key roles, but to not be the one that is expected to save your season. So I would imagine we'll see Lambos at some point within the next couple of years, but um, I would not think that it would be um, before before next training camp next season that that might be the earliest and then maybe at some point during the year but um beyond that it probably won't be um through this year yet uh denny continuing to uh hold my suspense here with uh super show and now i have um finally caught up to the end of the comments here. I wanted to wait because I didn't want to jinx it, but now we can say that the Colorado Avalanche lost to the Chicago Blackhawks tonight by a score of three to two. Connor Bedard did not score a goal, but he did have two assists. Ryan Donato scored for the Chicago Blackhawks. Whoop de doo. And so it was it was a banner night for the uh Minnesota Wilds here tonight. They pick up a huge win. They get 
they gain some ground on all the teams in front of them. Kirill Kaprizov scores two goals. Marc-Andre Fleury looks great. Um, and <laughs> we can hope. I'm going to put this on my Christmas list because I am going to do one of these types of episodes before we get to Christmas this weekend. I'm going to write up a Christmas list for me and we'll see what we get. Now, I know roster freeze. And so this will be more so when the rosters reopen. But I'm going to put together a list of stuff that I'd like to see happen. And we'll see what um, what I end up with. But a fun win here tonight, to say the least. And so glad that we're sitting here vibing. 40 minutes after uh, 40 minutes and counting after uh, a big win for the wild. And we hit our requisite number of uh, requisite number of Merrill and Goligoski comments. And so we, we, I think hit the, uh, <laughs> John Merrill all-star game. Stay tuned. Maybe. I hope not, but, uh, oh, and then the other thing that I'm going to do, I, I'm actually low key kind of excited for this. Um, because I think this is going to, I think this is going to work out really, really funny. I have put together a rendition of the 12 days of Christmas that I am going to actually sing and we'll put into we'll put on social media. I'll probably do an episode centered around that as well, going through the twelve things that the Minnesota Wild have given us um, so far this season. I do have to kind of rewrite it because the point totals are uh, are off uh, for one of the items. Um, so I will uh, I'll have to tweak it a little bit. But I'll probably do that while I'm just uh, sitting around and uh, not doing anything for the next couple of days. So we'll we'll get that going because I know a lot of the other podcasts have done some Christmas themed content. And so we're going to hit that hard over the next few days. But uh, just wanted to vibe out and enjoy a, a thrilling win for the Minnesota Wild here tonight. That is, I think, going to wrap it up. For uh, tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wilds pick up a 4-3 to three overtime win over the Boston Bruins. Uh, Will, no, those are just photos. The If any of you are familiar with um, the minimalist art, um, he does a ton of, you know, minimalist with Target Field, with us bank stadium i can't think of the name of the artist unfortunately but it is basically a minimalist of inside the xl energy center and the minnesota wild logo here over my left shoulder so that's what those are but um yeah 12 days of christmas the 12 things that the wild gave to us over the um the holiday season i actually i have a better idea that alex and i are going to do for our monday episode um, that will be a lot of fun too, but I'm going to, I'm going to solo sing this. I'm going to solo sing this one for the brand, but
but uh, I've got a great idea for Alex that I think you guys are going to bust a gut over. So we're, we're going to have some fun over the, uh, the Christmas holiday here over these next few days. So I think with that, we're going to tap out. Appreciate everybody hopping in here tonight for uh, another elite Lockdown Wild postcast. Again, make sure that you let your friends know. Give us a like and uh, give us a follow. Follow us on social media. Follow us on YouTube. Hop in the uh, the comment section on YouTube and uh, just have a good time with us because especially after wins, we just like to celebrate and just let loose. And uh, hopefully there will be many, many more. Hopefully there will be one on Thursday against the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, that'll do it for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Thank you for all of you joining the comment section here uh, each and every night. And you can follow us for more Minnesota Wild content by uh, just searching Lockdown Wild on your favorite podcast platforms. We've got new episodes for you every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.